And if you understand scripture, then you know that that's true. And uh, for me, he, I, I love that song. Thank you, Ashley. <clears throat> Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Every once in a while, we come across a portion of scripture, <clears throat> excuse me, that may seem to be vague. Have you ever done that? Have you ever come across a passage of Scripture and you think, wow, that was a little vague? I want to give you a couple examples. Uh, People will often uh, refer to the uh, Scripture's references to the end times as being vague because we don't know the exact day and time. Uh, In Mark uh, chapter 13, verses 32 and 33, it says, But of uh, that day and that hour knoweth no man, <clears throat> not the angel, angels uh, which are in heaven, neither the Son, uh, but the Father. Uh, take ye heed and watch and pray, <clears throat> for ye know not when the time is. Now, <clears throat> is it true that we do not know the time and day? Okay, it, that is true. So people that try to predict it are always going to be what? Wrong. Okay. So, <clears throat> now, <clears throat> just because we don't know when the rapture is going to take place doesn't mean the scriptures are vague. I mean, that, that simply means God doesn't want us to know. Okay. Does that make sense? <clears throat> okay. Let, let me, let me, uh, uh, you, you know, uh, I've, I've, I've had people say, well, then why doesn't God just spell it out? You, you know, I know it would be. Okay, uh, Nancy, go here, do this. It would be so much easier. <laughs> but <clears throat> let, me, let me give you another example that people claim uh, Scripture is vague. And that is in the parables, oftentimes. Uh, the parables, uh, you know, people... Anyway, let me, let me read it to you. And Luke, uh, just, I, just, I just picked one. Uh, Luke in chapter 8, and verses 5 to 11, it says, And a sower went out uh, to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell on the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell on, uh, upon a rock, uh, and... It was uh, as soon as it sprung up, uh, it withered away uh, because it lacked, uh, it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up <clears throat> with it and choked it. And other fell on good ground and sprang up and uh, bare fruit and uh, a hundredfold. And when he said, uh, and, and when he had said these things, he cried, He hath ear let him hear and his disciples asked him saying what might this parable be and he said unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God but uh, to other to others uh, in parables uh, that seeth uh, excuse me that that seeing they might not see and hearing they may not understand now parable now the parable is this, and and uh, the seed is the word of God, and he goes on to explain the parable. 
my, my, my point is this. <clears throat> the truth is, God gives us everything that we need. Okay? Um, even though things may appear to be vague, uh, he, he gives us everything that we need all, all the time. One of the, no, no I'm, let, let me, the, the very first verse I memorized when I was saved 40 years ago was 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. And I am so glad that that is one of the verses uh, that, that God brought into my life very early in my, in my Christian walk. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And, I, and the reason I love this verse is the very first word of this verse. Study. What does study imply? Work. There, there are times that God, God doesn't want to just say, okay, Nancy, go here and do that. He wants us to figure it out for ourselves, so to speak. But he gives us everything that we need in order to be able to do that. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, <clears throat> the verse that we are about to read, is, 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 is many of you know, we've been going through chapter, well, we've been going through the book of 1 Thessalonians for some time now. We've been in chapter 5 for quite a while. Uh, and we've been looking at the 22 commandments that God gives us at the end of the chapter. The, and, and, and this morning, we're going to be looking at uh, uh, commandment number 19. And oftentimes, when people read this verse, they come to the conclusion that this ver verse is vague. That's why I started out talking about, the, about Scripture being vague. So, <clears throat> commandment number 19, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, in verse 22, abstain from all appearance of evil. Now, I have heard this verse quoted many times out of context. <clears throat> it is usually a dangerous thing to take a single verse and build an opinion based on a single verse almost always it will get you in trouble. This morning, I want to look at this verse, or commandment number 19, what I'm calling, be focused. It happens to go along with our theme this year, to focus. But what does this verse mean? Uh, and... <clears throat> I, I, I think the best way to answer that is to first off, let's talk about what it doesn't mean. Uh, letter A, what it doesn't mean. Because <clears throat> if I just told you what it means, then, well, anyway, let, let's talk about what it doesn't mean. And, and this is the first thing it doesn't mean. It does not mean that we get to define what evil is. Let me say that again. We do not get to define what evil is. That's God's job. 
Someone that I know likes to use this verse every time somebody does something that they don't like. Okay, what are they doing? They are defining what evil is. So if you do something that this person doesn't like, they throw this verse at you and say, see there, you've got to stop. (laughs) (laughs) See, their attitude is, if you don't live life the way I think you should live life, then you're sinning against God. Now, fortunately, that person does not attend our church. Now, they may be watching on the Internet. I don't know, but I don't think so. But, But that's a dangerous place to live. Needless to say, this individual has very few friends. The second thing that it is not. It does not mean that we get to live in a bubble. Because can it not be intimidating to avoid the appearance of evil? That, that's an impossible task. Is it not? I mean, it, especially living in the day that we live in. You know, a moment ago, <clears throat> and I... I don't have COVID, okay? But a moment ago, I wiped my nose. Did you notice that? <clears throat> How many of you thought, I wonder if he's sick, okay? See, I mean, today, I, I, <clears throat> I, was, in, I was in, of all places the other day, Lowe's. Imagine that. Uh, but I, I was in Lowe's the other day, and I coughed in my mask. You know, just you, know, you get something in your throat, you know, and you, you would have thought everybody within 40 feet of me. You, you know, <laughs> they probably should have given me a bath on that hand sanitizer or something. But, but, but you know what I'm saying? It, you would literally have to live in a bubble in order to fulfill this verse when you take it out of context. Number three, it does not mean that fun and entertainment are over. Okay? Honestly, (laughs) we may need to reevaluate some of the things that we do that we consider entertainment and fun, but God wants us to enjoy life. Okay? Okay? Uh, I, I, ha- I knew somebody, this, is, this has been many, many years ago, uh, somebody got saved, and, and their comment to me was, well, I'm not going to have any fun anymore. I'm like, dude, you have no clue what the Christian life is like. Man, I have more fun as a Christian. Oh, there he is. There he is. Chris just sneezed. Uh, I have more. I have more fun. And I laugh more as a Christian than I ever did sitting in a bar getting drunk. Now I I, I do have a little side note because I, I want to help you with something. I, I get I get asked often. 
uh, primarily by young believers. Um, And and the, the, the question will be something along this line. Pastor, I'm thinking about doing X. What do you think? Is that something a Christian ought to do? Okay, now, now let me say this. Generally speaking, if you have to ask the question, normally it's probably not a good idea, okay? Um, and, and I'm not condemning anybody. I'm just saying that generally speaking, that's, that's, that's a good rule of thumb. Because oftentimes what it is, is, especially with a young believer, the Holy Spirit is working in their hearts. And they don't understand quite what God's doing, and they, and it's and they're they're struggling because they want to go do this, but they they have something inside of them saying, "No, don't do that." Y- y'all follow what I'm saying? So, <clears throat> so <clears throat> number four reason uh, of what it is not. It does not mean that we become judgmental of others. Amen. Can I hear a bigger amen than that? Amen. <clears throat> Thank you. I want to give you a few thoughts along the line of, of being judgmental to others. You cannot control what other people think, say, and do. But you can control what you think, say, and do. People are always going to do things that you disagree with. I, I, I don't care who you are. Another thought before you get judgmental is you have to give an account for your actions, not theirs. In Romans chapter 14, verses 11 to 13, it says, For it is written, uh, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Let us not, therefore, judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man uh, uh, put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. So that comes to my third thought, and is don't be a stumbling block. Don't be a, don't be a stumbling block to a to a to a brother or sister in Christ. Be careful of your actions. Be careful of your actions because your actions uh, are are what you're going to give an account to God for. The next thought along this line is pride can uh, very easily take over in our lives. Well, look what I have done. I, I have avoided the appearance of evil. I, will, I live in a bubble. Okay, pride, pride can take over and, and we, can, we can live our lives in such a way that we think, okay, hey, I have arrived. I've, I've conquered this thing of sin. Well, let me let me give you some bad news. If you think that, you just sinned. <laughs> Proverbs chapter sixteen, verses eighteen and nineteen: Pride cometh before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better uh, it is to be of a humble spirit 
with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Pride is so easy, can so easily creep into our lives when we think we've arrived. Another thought here is that we can be enslaved to what others think. Now, I want to be careful here because, because please, please get the context of what I'm trying to say here. There will always be someone who thinks that what you're doing is wrong. I, I don't care if you're walking down the street chewing bubble gum. Someone's going to disagree with the fact you're chewing the wrong kind of bubble. I don't know, but it, it just... There is, you know, you think you, try being a pastor. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I'm just saying, uh, you know. It, but if we live our lives trying to please everybody around us, we will become enslaved and we will never live our own lives. Okay, now I'm not making an excuse to sin. That's that's not what I'm saying here. But please understand. See, <coughs> we need instead of being consumed with pleasing others, we need to be consumed with pleasing God in our walk. <coughs> because the reality is, I don't need to please you. I need to please Him. Not that you don't care. And we're going to talk about this further because you do care. And, and I need to live my life. Well, I, I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't want to do that. <clears throat> First Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 4 says, But uh, as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as, men ple- uh, not as pleasing men, but God... Which trieth, which trieth our hearts. Who do we need to please with our lives? We need to please God. God needs to be the ultimate goal in our lives that we need to walk with. And if we, we live our lives in such a way where we are so scared of what other people are going to think, then we will never truly walk with God. So let's talk, we talked about what, <clears throat> what this verse is not, what it, what it doesn't mean. So let's talk about letter B, what does it mean? What does it mean? Let's read the verse again. <clears throat> verse 22, abstain from all appearance of evil. Let me give you a 21st century statement that should sum up that verse be focused on your actions be focused on your actions the the apostle paul clearly understood the struggle that each of us faces with sin uh, <clears throat> in first timothy chapter 1 and verse 15 it says this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation uh, that christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am what? Chief. Paul believed with all his heart 
that of all the people that lived on the earth at that time and probably into the future, Paul believed he was the worst of them all. That's an amazing statement. So Paul understands the struggle that that each of us go through. But here Paul tells us in in, uh, chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians that we are to abstain from all appearance of evil, that we are to focus, if you would, our lives on Jesus Christ. So I want to stop here and I want to to kind of back up to help us put verse 22 into context because how... And I've taught I've taught this in, in, in our church so many times. How do you understand the context of a verse? You read before and after to to understand the context of what's going on. So the the immediate context is the fact that Paul's giving us 22 commandments to live by, and then number tw- number 19 all of a sudden is this vague overwhelming statement that we are to live in such a way that we can't even give the appearance of evil. How do we do that? You, and, and honestly, we, could, we, could, we, could, we can honestly say it is impossible. Well, I'm here to tell you, God never tells us to do something that he does not equip us to do. So it is not impossible. It may be difficult, but it's not impossible. So let's let's go ahead and, and put this into context so that we understand exactly what Paul's talking about. Let's go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 11. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. And we, brethren, uh, or excuse me, and we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men, seeing that none render evil for evil unto any man, but every, excuse me, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Verse 22, abstain from all appearance of evil. It makes perfect sense to me that verse 22 culminates all 18 of the commandments that Paul gave us prior to. In other words, if we will embody 
the first 18 commandments, then we can live commandment number 19. Think about that. For those of you that have been here, let me let me read because I've I've named the the the, the, the nineteen commandments so far. Uh, be an encourager, uh, be a builder, be aware, be a safeguard, be at peace, be a mentor, be compassionate, be strong, be patient, be a healer, be a pursuer, be joyful, be equipped, be thankful, be intentional, be. Uh, excited about the Word of God, uh, be discerning, and be a possessor. And if we can do all those things, then we can be focused. We can be focused. Henry Ford said this, a weakness of all human beings is trying to do too many things at once. That scatters effort and destroys direction. And, the, and, and he got it right. Every human being that has ever walked to face of the earth struggles with that very thing. And Christians today are no different. We, we are getting, getting pulled in so many different directions. Especially right now with, with COVID going on and everybody has an opinion about COVID and then the election going on and everybody's got an opinion about the election and, and this thing and that thing and we can, get, we can get pulled in so many different directions that we lose our focus. And, 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 and commandment number 19 is simply saying, look, you need to just focus on walking with God. And if you will focus on walking with God and, and, and to the best of your ability, equip yourself with the other 18 commandments that he gives us in 1 Thessalonians, you know what? We can let pillow our head at night and say, you know what? I've done everything I can do to walk with God. Just walk with God. And if you were here uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I preached the message of just... just just fly the helicopter. You know, don't, don't, get, don't get distracted with all of the stuff that's spinning around us because that's exactly what Satan wants to do. Because when we get focused on, on all of this stuff around us, we can become discouraged, can we not? And we can, we can believe that God is losing control of this world. And I'm here to tell you, God is not losing control. But we can, we can feel that way, can we not? But if we will focus on our walk with God, abstain from all appearance of evil. So what is the, what is the conclusion of, of all of this? <clears throat> to avoid the appearance of evil and every form of evil means to stay away from evil. Again, I said it earlier, we, we don't have to define, we don't get the right to define evil. Why? 
Because God already has. He, he doesn't need our opinion. So I have a few thoughts to in conclusion. Thought number one. We do need to remain cognizant of the fact that we are witnesses in this world. We need to stay cognizant of the fact that people, the unsafe people around us are watching us to see if we are coming unglued because of the election or because of COVID or because of earthquakes or because of all this stuff spinning out of control. And if you are out of control, they are going to think God is out of control. But if you are living your life with the confidence that God is in control, guess what they're going to do? They're going to come to you and say, I need what you got. Because their life is out of control. Not only for the unsaved around us, but for fellow believers. Do you think Christians need encouragement too? Absolutely. We need each other to encourage each other. That's one of the dangers that, that, that uh, as I have seen in our church, and I've talked to pastors around the country and even around the world, um, pastors and missionaries are saying, you know what, this whole COVID, this separation thing is causing great problems within the church. Not, not because of offerings or, or any of that stuff. It's because the body is hurting. Because the body needs each other. Just this this morning, or, or was it last night? I think it was this morning. Uh, my wife was on Facebook, and uh, many of you know the Martins. We support m- uh, military missionaries that are in in uh, Italy right now, and Italy has been on serious lockdown because of COVID. And the 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 military people that would normally be coming to the church uh, have not been allowed to leave the base because because of how bad it's it is in this particular area in Italy. <clears throat> but just this, just today, well, I guess it was yesterday, or anyway, whatever, uh, <laughs> the, the Italian government deemed that religious services are essential functions of life. So, so the, the military now are allowed to leave the base to come to church. Praise God for that. Why? Because it is essential. It, and an unsafe person cannot understand the importance of, of the, the fellowship that Christians need. They, they can't understand it. But we need each other. Uh, uh, thought number two here. Uh, well, let me read a verse here. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 13. Wherefore, if, uh, if meat uh, make my brother uh, to offer... Excuse me, offend. I, I'm having trouble this morning. I don't have a migraine, but my dyslexia is really bad this morning, so I'm sorry. Uh, please forgive me and bear with me. Uh, <clears throat> I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, uh, lest I make my brother to offend. Here, Paul is explaining the need to to do everything you can to help a brother. And way too often, what do we say? Well, bless God, I'm going to do what I want to do. You know what? That's wrong. That's just wrong. Now, am I saying we have to cave in? That's not, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, but we need to be cognizant of the fact that, 
that 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 the, the unsaved world is watching us and that our brothers and sisters in Christ need us. Need, need us. Second thought. <clears throat> we should also be aware of our tendencies towards sin. Hello? <laughs> Who, me? Yo, are you talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to me. You know, we all have a tendency to sin. So the, 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 a, 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 a direct application you can make from this verse to abstain from all appearance of evil. Hey, if I abstain from the appearance of evil, then I'm not even going to get close to it. And I, I don't know about you, but <clears throat> I have something called the flesh that I struggle with. Romans chapter 7, verses 18 and 19, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how uh, to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. That struggle with the flesh rather than flirting with, with something that could lead us down the road of sin, avoid it. Don't even, don't even flirt with it. I've, I've used this illustration before because I, I, think, I think it's important we understand. Before, before I was saved, I, I was an alcoholic. And those of you that struggled with that know what I'm talking about. I don't even, I don't even like looking at it. I, I, I will, <clears throat> drives my wife crazy, but <clears throat> when we're in the grocery store and, and I need to cut down an aisle, I'll go down two aisles and around to avoid the aisle where the beer and stuff is. Why? I, I don't even need that temptation in my life. I, I just, I, I don't go there. I, I do everything I can to avoid it. Why? <clears throat> Because I have a flesh, and my flesh likes that. Thought number three. It is important not to judge others without first judging our own hearts and motives. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. Judge not that ye be not judged, for... What judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with <clears throat> what measure ye meet, uh, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote or the speck that is in thy brother's eye, uh, but considereth not the beam or the two-by-four, literally, uh, that's referring to a two-by-four, uh, that is in thine own eye. Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull the speck out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in your own eye. Thou hypocrite, first consider, uh, cast out the beam that is in thine own eye, and then <clears throat> shalt thou see clearly and cast out the mote that is in thy brother's eye. See, if we focus on our actions and our most motives, it changes the meaning of this verse, does it not? 
See, the person I talked about at the beginning, that part of the problem with, with this individual using this verse out of context, whenever it, 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 it fit their, 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 their uh, agenda, was because they had a, I, I mean, honestly, I could, have, I could have had a laundry list of things in their own lives. You know what I mean? But what, what, they, what were they doing? They weren't, they weren't understanding or checking their own motives they were only concerned with what pleased them. And that is, a, that is a huge mistake that we fall into. So we need to understand and we need to focus on our own actions and motives before we condemn or question the motives of others. So really, in, in context, the abst- abstinence from the appearance of evil is a personal condemnation, not an external condemnation. This is something that we should be asking ourselves, not accusing others of. You understand? Thought number four. We should not worry about the perceptions of others, but concentrate on the integrity of our walk with Christ. In uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 8, uh, for we were sometimes uh, darkness, but now are light uh, in the Lord, walk as children of light. Now, I want to read my my thought number one and thought number four because they they, they, they may sound like they contradict each other. So thought number one that I read a a moment ago is, we need to remain cognizant of our witness to the unsaved world and to our brothers and sisters in Christ. And then thought number four that I just read is, we should not worry about the perceptions of others. That sounds almost contradictory, does it not? But please understand, I don't mean it to be contradictory because we need to be cognizant that people are watching us and that our brothers and sisters in Christ need us. But what I'm saying is we don't need to be so consumed with pleasing others that it affects our walk with God. Because we can become so consumed with pleasing others that we totally miss the, the, the mark when it comes to our dedication in our walk with God. The reality is this, the simple truth of this very important verse, abstain from the appearance of evil, is if you will focus on walking with God, you don't have to worry about this verse. It's really that simple. It's really not that vague. When you stop and understand the context of what Paul's trying to tell us here. In, in Romans chapter 13, verses, uh, verse 14, it says, um, But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. You know, if we, if we avoid the appearance of evil, it, it, it makes walking with God so much easier. Now, I would feel remiss if we stopped at verse 22. So let's read verse 22, 23, and 24. 
abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body, be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. See, God will give you the strength. He's called us to be holy. Because it's not verse 22 equivalent to be holy as I am holy. So what are you focused on this morning? I, I hope and pray that you're focused on walking with God. I, I, my, my, my heart is that you are focused on the things of God because if you are focused on the things of God, then the peripheral uh, is out of focus. Now, does it change that, that, that our, our world is still a place of insanity? No, it doesn't. But if we are out of focus with God, then that crazy world then becomes in focus and that's what we focus on. So what are you focused on this morning? It's really a simple question because it's really a simple, it's really a simple verse that oftentimes gets taken way out of context and, and way overused. And let's stop applying it to other people before we apply it to ourselves. Let's pray. Dear Lord.